Hi, I'm Laura Brady, CEO of Concierge Auctions. And hi, I'm Chad Roffers, Chairman of Concierge Auctions. And this is Block Talk. Welcome everyone. Over the next hour, we're going to be taking you on an international world tour of properties that we at Concierge Auctions have coming up in locations all over the world. So I am joined today by Mark Everenden, who's with Century 21 in Calgary, and Murray, who's our Director of Business Development over Canada. We have Charlie, who is our European advisor. We're going to talk about a lot of properties in Europe today. And last but certainly not least, Mr. Vargas Mario, SVP of Corporate Development. And so he's going to chime in with us too throughout the presentation today. I'm going to tee up Charlie to talk about Switzerland. Let's go there, Charlie. Yeah, great. Hello, everybody. Stad is, is one of those iconic Swiss locations. It's the sort of James Bond type sort of, you know, mountain ski village in the German speaking part of, of, of Switzerland. There's a few, you know, those type of iconic ski destinations. That really is one for the Alps. It's a, it's a very beautiful chalet, of course. And it's like so many of the sales that we do that these objects come in and out of our lives. These inanimate objects come in and out of our lives as we, as, as, as we go. So, this has run its course with its family. So this was the father that owned it. The two children don't want it, don't use it. So now is the time to get it sold and moved on. It's so, uh, the vernacular, the architecture is just so, the, the vernacular of the area. But what makes it really interesting, this particular one, is the fact that it can be bought by overseas people. Switzerland has some very strict protection rules on how they sell their real estate. It's, it's like 85% mountains, right? It doesn't have any natural resources. So the Swiss and their intelligence, and their banking and all of that sort of other you know, kind of clever sort of part of their business acumen was to protect their land. So really, you've got to be Swiss or a Swiss resident to buy in Switzerland. There's a few exceptions, and this is one of them. So it's a real sort of turnkey alpine chalet in, the, in a very good location in one of the best villages. I would say the market is, how would you describe most of the markets in the EMEA region where we operate? There's a few hotspots, but I would think the market is cautious. That's what I would describe the start market. And this property has been for sale for a little while, never really any urgency about it. We've been on the ground for four weeks and it's you know not the big clever we are, but I checked just before we came on in our four weeks, we've had just over a thousand inquiries. We've showed the property 52 times and the auction is next week, I've got a feeling we might not get there. I've got a feeling that we might do this deal before the auction comes because we've got somebody who's so keen to, to, to win it. I think they're going to give us a show-stopping offer. It's our fourth one in Switzerland. So we like Switzerland. We like the market. But it's really exciting to be able to sell something that's available to foreigners. And, you know, if you haven't skied in Switzerland, if you're a skier and you haven't skied in Switzerland, it, it's 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 almost like any you know it, it's so unique it's a real sort of different experience so whether you're buying property in Stad or whatever but put your skis on and go skiing in Switzerland because it's pretty cool. Wonderful, yeah. I mean, this one definitely has the iconic Swiss Alps look to it, and the traction that we've received thus far is really good. This one is farther in exposure cycle than most of the others that we're going to be talking about today. So as Charlie mentioned, we've had really strong interest on it. Um, there's a little time to still get involved, but we do have interest in a pre-auction negotiation on that one. We'll see, Laura, right? You know, we'll see. You know what it's like. It's that 
the, the auction creates that urgency and the fear of loss is the strongest emotion in us all. We, you know, we don't want to lose. And, and it's that, you know, sometimes, you know, people that manifest themselves so much that they want to, they want to stop the show. But um, being able to create that excitement, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But sure, registrations, we'd still be delighted to hear from you, of course. Okay, thanks, Charlie. Well, because um, we love hearing you speak with that beautiful accent so much, I'm going to let you take the next one as well, um, which is quite different, right? This property in Ibiza is a you know deviation from the one that's in the Swiss Alps. This is a really fun property. I'll pull up some more pictures about it. But Charlie, tell us a little bit about this one. Yeah, Ibiza is, and again, it's a, an island, lots of Mediterranean islands, but it, it's, I guess it's sort of carved itself out as being the party island of the Mediterranean, right? It really is. It's a very beautiful island. It's very accessible. That's the thing about some of these things, right? There are lots and lots of flights. You can get in and out, even in the times that we're, strange times that we live today, but we'll be behind us soon. But it, it, being able to access it, getting it out is really easy. This is a probably, I mean, we see some pretty wonderful real estate in our in our in our lives, don't we? But I would say this is probably the sort of coolest party pad I've ever seen. It really is. It's made for a party. Indeed, we've got somebody who's interested in buying it at the moment, owns some nightclubs on the island, and he's got it in his sights. He thinks this will be a great place to have the sort of private after parties going on. It's a, it, a nice location on the island. The island's not big, but it's a nice location on the island. Fantastic climate. There's lots of good things about Ibiza. Owner is overseas as a Middle East owner. Again, it's run its course, right? You know, it comes into our, these, these, these objects come into our lives and we enjoy them at the, at the time. And then whatever the natural cycle is, it's finished and it moves on. But he spent an awful lot of money on it, making it look really absolutely top notch. The quality is superb. In fact, as we go around Europe, I must say the build quality, you know, the Spanish builders, you know, used to be really are very, very smart. So beautifully done. Um, nice piece of real estate, lots of open, but really accessible. You can get to it and you can get down to the beaches and all the fun. So, yeah, it's a cool place. We, we, I think we've been on the ground now maybe uh, two and a half weeks, maybe three weeks. And we've had two reception parties because the first one was so oversubscribed. We, we staged another one, which was last night. So, again, it's been on the market for a little while. But the urgency created by it's going to sell on that day and name your price means we've shown it 98 times. And, you know, the guys have done a great job. Adam's doing an absolutely knockout job with the listing agent on the ground. They're so smart and switched on. So it'll be a fun sale. Yes. Yeah, so if you want to go see Adam, you can find his information on our website on this property page, as you can with the other properties of ours. You can find who the listing agent is and who the project sales manager is that's on the ground. They can help facilitate showings and just contact them. One of the really important parts of our process is that the time period that we're marketing a property, that we offer as much access to the property as possible for anyone who's interested in bidding. We're gonna stay in, in Europe for a chateau in France, talking about iconic European properties. This chateau we have coming up as well. Um, it was previously four and a half euros and it's selling without reserve. We've had, we've had good success with chateaus and castles and other historic European properties. Sure, sure. Yeah. I think the, the, the thing about France, France is, it, 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 it's the most complete country. 
you know, it, it's it's sort of wild Atlantic coast. It's got beautiful Mediterranean. It's got the volcanic landscape. It's got it is the most glorious place. And of course, the nicest food and wine with honourable mention to New Zealand and other places, but with some of the nicest food and wine in the world. The Chateau market is quite unique. And we have sold things to chateaus. The sort of running, uh, rumbling joke amongst the real estate professionals in France that there's probably a thousand or so for sale at any one time. And remember, these markets, there's no MLS, there's no Zillow, there's no way that you can really uh, look and compare and contrast. So, so when it comes to selling it, it really, is, when it comes to buying one, it really is caveat temptor, right? I mean, you've got to be, you know, have the right support and knowledge. So the auction works so well here because it's so transparent. You've got a house, a chateau like this, it's an old building. Normally what happens with chateaus, is people say, well, it's fully restored. And then you go and see it. And actually what they mean is they've restored the ground floor, you know, maybe half the first floor, but they haven't quite finished the rest because they're very expensive. They're very big, et cetera, et cetera. This is up to its nth degree from top to bottom. This is in perfect condition. So, so an, an overseas owner, sort of French owner, but it's an overseas owner, it, again, it's run its course. It, it generates some very good income because he uses it as venues and everything else. He makes about 4,000 bottles of Merlot um, uh, a year in his, in his vineyard, which goes off to the local co-op. But there's something that somebody could really, it's a proper lifestyle change if you wanted to do that. It's a beautiful part of France, by the way. And it's very close to Toulouse. And Toulouse is, is is the sort of capital of French aviation. If you haven't been through Toulouse Airport, it's the be- I tell you, it's the best in the world because they're so proud of it. The French, it runs like clockwork, even better than the German airports. I tell you, so so it's really again really accessible and a nice place to kind of get to. But it's very different from you know Stad or from Ibiza. They're so obviously different real estate. Understand, but it's a wholly different sort of lifestyle position. So this is the sort of place that. You know, you could really think you know, with what's been going on in the world, still got some energy. I don't want to carry on with my corporate life. You know, I want to go and do something more exciting. This is the place that you would go, generate some income, have an amazing place of life in France. Incredible. Thanks, Charlie. And bidding for that one, I think, starts in the middle of October. OK, great. So let's get back on the plane and fly from France to Mexico. Mario. You're up. So we've done a lot of business in Cabo, Mario. I know you know that market well, have known and lived there. Tell us a bit about Cabo. It's a, it's a good market to know and staying in the party theme is a great place to do it. This is our 10th time, I believe, uh, 10th property that we've done in Cabo. So we're happy to be back in such a beautiful place. The location of this properties could be better, right? For If you're familiar with Cabo, you know that there's two cities or towns. You have Cabo San Lucas and San Jose del Cabo. This falls right in the middle along the tourist corridor, and the location couldn't be any better. So if you want to go to either one of those towns, you're very easily accessible. The property itself, I mean, it has a slide from the second floor down to the pool. Like, what else do you want, right? It's an amazing property in beautiful Cabo del Sol, which is some great exciting things happening into that development. Cabo del Sol has, you know, they're building a Four Seasons there. They're building, there's already a Sheridan there. There's going to be a Park Hyatt. Uh, great golf. The views from this property are amazing. You have golf course views, ocean views. And like I said, you're just minutes away from Cabo San Lucas downtown. You're minutes away from San Jose del Cabo. The property itself is 
It's fully furnished, turnkeys, ready for you to go. Just pack your bathing suit, come down and party a little bit in, in Cabo San Lucas. The weather is perfect about nine to 10 months of the year. Uh, so you can't complain, beautiful sunshine. And I think the property, this one's gonna be selling from the 27th of October to the 29th. Mitch is our project sales manager down there. He can speak to you in English or Spanish and give you quite the, the, the amount of tours there. But it's, like I said, fully furnished, over 8,000 feet, seven bedrooms, I think it's uh, seven and a half baths and uh, currently listed at 4.39 million, but great place to be. I mean, Cabo's is fantastic. I lived there for, for three years and I'm glad we signed one so I can go back. So good. And this one I have that it hadn't been on, had not been on the market prior to it coming to auction. Is that true? No. Do you know the background, Mario? I, I do. Uh, we've been, we've talked to the seller for quite some time, but it's never been listed. And, and this is the first time that it's on the market. It's a great family compound, or if you want to rent it out, they have great, great companies that can manage the rentals for it. It's perfect for the indoor outdoor living that Cabo is, is very good for. I'm seeing a question that came in and I may have missed this when it first came in because it was relevant to when we were speaking about the property in Switzerland, I think. So Edward Roberti says, what's the point of selling before the auction date? Historically, somewhere around 10% of the properties that we represent sell prior to auction. We'll say that we've had an uptick in that within the past month or so. We have sold quite a few properties in the past few weeks ahead of the auction. Yeah, no, I think what happens, and, and Charlie touched on it a little while ago, is that someone comes and falls in love with this property and they have a fear of missing out and the fear of loss. And they'll, they'll go ahead and make a pre-auction offer. And Laura just said it. We've seen an uptick in this for whatever reason this year, but about historically it's been about 10% of our properties. Obviously a pre-auction offer is available on all of them. You know, it just has to meet our, the current standards that we have set for the auction process, which is as is, where is sale, right? There's no contingencies and certainly we're happy to entertain any pre-auction offers, but it's just a way for someone that says, you know what? I love it. I don't want to wait. You know, I don't think the, whatever my price is going to be not too far off and then we can negotiate on their behalf. Well, the buyer, it's clear. The benefit to them is that if they make an offer and it's accepted ahead of the auction, then they don't have to have any like uncertainty as to whether they're going to be the next owner or not. They get to kind of withdraw it from the auction process. And for a seller, a benefit to selling ahead of the auction may be that you just have a negotiation with the client and you feel you have to be at a point where you feel comfortable that the price that you're negotiating is congruent with or better than you might receive if you put the property on the auction block. So we also, of course, consider, you know, the interest level of all of the other bidders when we have these discussions with the listing agent and the seller as to whether ultimately it's the seller's decision whether to accept that price or, you know, put it on the block and, and not be certain what the ultimate outcome is going to be. And you just weigh all of the facts that we have at that point and make that decision. Charlie, anything to add since you've had some recently? It's a very good question, Brett, but certainly, and and you're quite right. In, in, in most of the circumstances, it doesn't happen. So I think the, the upshot has got to be, it is a show-stopping offer. We're very close to having the auction. We're, we're, we're pretty accurate where we know where the field is going to be, the level of interest that we've got, the likely direction of the auction. So, so we can have a very informed discussion and opinion with the seller that we think that this really could be a, a, a showstopper. 
so it so it's worth doing and i give a really quick example to that laurie remember the one we sold in europe a couple of years ago where you know the night before the sale our purchaser was staying at a who turned out to be our person he came to look at the property because he was staying in a hotel close by he was from the netherlands he was going back to the netherlands that that, that week um but the weekend before he was in spain having some rest before his busy week and he saw this property said i can't compete for whatever reason at the auction because i'm too busy at, at, at whatever his reasons but but we knew where the price was going to, to to rest probably in the auction we have very accurate very good detail and basically he gave us an offer and he knew what he was doing but he gave us an offer there and then that was sunday evening i got to the island on saturday it was sunday evening we negotiated it he signed the contract on monday morning and that pre-auction offer he gave us was about 18 percent of where we ahead where we thought the top of the auction was going to be so it's the seller's call for sure but there it was absolute i'll sign on monday morning no contingencies out i'm going to do it it was the right thing for the seller to do so the seller did it it's delighted it does depend on circumstances you say it's only 10 percent of the time maybe but we need to be certain we're acting for the seller we need to be certain it's in their best interest and sometimes it is very well said charlie thank you okay great well let's continue on after Cabo, let's go back to Italy, to Lake Como. We've had great success in Como before, actually one of the highest priced properties that we've ever sold. And I believe the highest residential property ever sold in Europe by auction was another property that we had in Como prior. And now we have this one. So Charlie, you wanna tell us a little bit about it? It, yeah, it was a fantastic sale we did last year um, for the Villa Passaracqua. Terrific seller. It was just a wonder to work with. Fantastic agents on the ground. Well introduced. Italy's full of beautiful places. Lake Como is a is a wonder of a lake. It's quite popular. It's probably the 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 smartest or poshest of the lakes because it's so accessible to Milan. It really is. You can get in quite quickly. It's a wonderful climate. You can get up to ski, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The Passaracqua was a different offering because it was a very big waterfront villa. This is a property owned by an English uh, seller. Uh, we've only just launched, we've only just got going, and it's in a village called Lalio. Lalio became world famous when a certain American actor bought his property there. And it always, we always joke when we go around to, to the place that how long does it take a real estate broker to mention that they know or have met George Clooney? Because normally it comes in within sort of you know two or three minutes, so it's kind of been marked a bit uh, that this is this is sort of famous because George Clooney lives there. But it's all of that. You see the river on the river on the on the on the lake. It's the perfect Dolce Vita. I mean, it really is. It's such a beautiful location, and Lalio is a good part of the lake. It's towards the south, so again, really accessible and and a good little rental property, quite modest and with just the most knockout knockout views. So. Yeah, it's a sweet one. We've only just got going. Good rental income, very, very good rental income that supports um, uh, to get a return from it, very decent return from it, where we think it's going to trade. So, again, and, and Italy's open and you, know, you can get in and out. So, Carolyn, who's helping us on the ground with that one, uh, will be delighted to see. Has it been lived in before, Charlie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, it, it, it's really sort of, it, you know, it's a home and it's also, but it's got that lovely style of the, the sort of Italian 
sort of 19th century uh, building, it's, it's pretty much rented all the time. I mean, the seller does a great job. Italian design, it's a silly thing, right? But, you know, we, we, we're interested in our built environment, of course, we all are, but, you know, us, you know, we're working it. But the light switches, it's a really small thing. Just the toggle switches on the wall, they knock out. And it's a, that's the most beautiful bit of Italian design. Yeah, it's a cool place. Okay, great. Let's go to the Dominican Republic. And then we are going to land at the end with Canada and spend quite a while talking about Canada. So Dominican, Mario, you want to tell us a little bit about this one? Yeah, it's the exclusive seahorse ranch. It's listed for $5 million. The great thing about it, again, turnkey property. The good things is you're steps away from a private beach. Uh, you're near Puerto Plata. You also get a pretty good compound with 1.75 acres, a lot of square footage, five bedrooms, seven and a half baths. This one is going to be auctioning from the 20th of October to the 22nd. Again, talk about iconic properties for their location. I mean, this one, when you see it, it just kind of screams Dominican Republic and all of the great things about being down there, right? Being on the water, with surfing and the sand right there. Josh was yeah. there, he's ready to give tours. And again, it's a theme with me, just bring your bathing suit, you're ready to, ready to enjoy the property. <laughs> all the ones that you get teed up for, those are your markets, Mario. I like it, I like it. <laughs> okay, great. Well, let's close out with um, Mark and Murray talking about this property in Canada, which was just such a great success for us as a firm and Mark and Murray's partnership together. Um, we achieved the highest price sale in the region in over five years, I think. Is that right, you guys? It, it actually might be the highest sale price ever. Um, ever. I, haven't, I haven't seen anything. I think the previous sale price was 4.4 yeah. and all in we're at 9.184. So um, a fair leap over, over the last record. So can you tell us just a little bit about the experience selling this one? Also, Mark, I'd love for you to weigh in on the market in Canada in general and like what are some recent trends that y'all are experiencing? Go for it, Marie. I mean, this is a really special property. Um, as you can see, it's it's we've kind of dubbed it the, the Lake Como of, of Canada. Um, it's ranked one of the top 10 lakes in the world by National Geographic. So the location was very special. Going into this sale, I knew that we had, you know, a property that was highly desirable and finding people who'd want it wouldn't be hard. We also had excellent sellers who were willing to trust the process. I met with them numerous times leading up to the sale. I started meeting with them in 2019. And by the time we got around to selling, they were very well versed with with the process, knowing what to expect. So I knew we were set up well for the sale. The only thing I wasn't certain of was how the pandemic was going to affect our showings and our numbers. It had actually a really positive effect. Uh, a lot of people flocked to the region for the summer. A lot of Canadians couldn't leave Canada, and and so they you know they came out here. And I was at the start of the process hoping to see maybe 25 qualified showings and. And if we could even get 50 open house visitations, that would have been, you know, sort of a, you know, the, the expectation. We ended up with 136 open house visitations and we had 44 qualified showings. We were kind of hoping for three to five registered bidders. We ended up with seven, all within the opening bid range. So it was textbook auction. The sellers are, are happy. They were hoping for a gavel price between eight and nine million. We ended up at, at 8.2 on the gavel. And, and like I said, 9.184 all in. So it's a great success story. And we're already seeing the benefits with calls coming in, you know, interest from, from other people. I 
think the last two sales that we've had up here in Canada have been records for the region. You know, that notion that if you go to auction, you're giving your property away is quickly dissipated. And people who are interested in achieving, you know, the highest price possible for their property are contacting us. Well, Mark, thank you for your partnership on this one, too. I know that your work with this is what helped us be so so successful together. Tell us a little bit about just in general what's happening in Canada and how people can continue to become involved in purchasing there. Well, the Canadian market is is definitely uh, within the region that's, that I am out in Western Canada and Alberta. We're under, I mean, we're, we're definitely in a challenged market here. Product is still moving, but we're getting record interest rates, which is which is driving some of these sales and some of the volume. The unique properties, there's still a desire for them. The COVID situation, like Murray alluded to, is we've got a lot of people uh, that do go south from Canada to get away from those nice warm winters we have up here. You know, they want to get out uh, the lake countries. Uh, when you go out east, that I mean, for west, it's literally into the interior of BC where this is very accessible. Um, you've got a, an international airport there and you're 30 minutes from the house. And this particular lake is very unique. Um, it is, you know, one of the marketing strategies that I laid out when I started this is let's call this the Lake Como uh, of Canada. And, it, you know, we alluded to that because of, the uniqueness of the of the lake, the the thousand different colors it, it creates through the minerals of the of the mountains out here. The people that built this home, they bought the land and they did this upright. I mean, this was a ten thousand square foot home um, with three hundred and seventy feet of lakeshore. So it you know it it was probably one of the most desirable lakes in the interior of British Columbia to come to market. And and yes, it was. Was it the most expensive uh, or does, it was the most expensive, but it was also the most desirable property, both from start to finish. I mean, I the concierge process for myself and Laura, you know, I've been involved with concierge for probably eight or nine years now, at least from my previous years with different brokerages. But I love the process because it takes those people that want the property, they're in, they're out, they're in, it, it puts them on the fence. It gives the seller the control of, listen, you know, I want to sell, let's get it sold now. And it is getting the, the market value pricing. So it's not uh, like Murray had stated, you know, it's not a fire sale. You know, these are people that 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 are prepared to just move move the property and, and the media source that we go down with concierge enables us, but it also gives us a platform that enables the world to see and be involved in the process. Well, we sure appreciate you, Mark, and your continued partnership. It was a fun one. Leaving leaving Alberta to come to BC to do an auction. Yeah, it's kind of like going down to Cabo or something like that for us here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Why not? That sure sounds fun. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Well, that concludes the property tour. But what we want to talk about next is now that you've seen these properties, and of course, we always have new properties coming up on our website nearly every day. How can you get involved or help spread the word to other buyers to get involved? If you're an agent, how can you represent your buyers at auction? So I'm gonna take us through some steps that we boil down to six steps of winning at auction. So how do you position yourself best to be that one high bidder? And the first step is that we say to narrow your search or lifestyle. So what this means is when we sell properties, often our buyers are looking for a particular lifestyle and they're not typically as geographically contained as just a buyer on any given day, meaning that 
if they're looking for a ranch, they might be looking in, you know, Wyoming, Montana, Colorado, you know, maybe even in international areas for a ranch as well. If they were looking for a beach house, they could be looking in Ibiza or in Cabo, right? So they just want um, additional homes to help to complete the lifestyle that they're looking for. So figuring out what lifestyle you're looking for, and then from there, um, talking about a particular market once you hone in on a property that we have coming up for auction. So you, you know that you're looking for waterfront or ranch or what have you, and then you see something on our site, Getting to know the market, of course, just like if you're buying in any sense is always key. So we do have a great network of preferred agents that we work with that you can also find on our website. When you're searching in Canada, you can find Mark and can always contact him to ask about the market. How's it performing? Can you talk to me about values, um, et cetera? Because again, we at Concierge Auctions do not represent real estate purchases from a brokerage perspective. So we want to make sure that our clients are getting as educated as they can about the market so that you know at what number do you feel confident bidding on the property. And then the third is to learn about the auction process. If you've never bid at auction before, how do you go about doing that? So we have a few basics here that I'll touch on really quickly which do align for the most part with auctions that you may be familiar with of other fine assets, right? A lot of our buyers also purchase their art at auction or classic cars and what have you. And so we deal in two auction formats, primarily um, without reserve and with reserve. So the majority of our auctions right now are without reserve, meaning that there's not a predetermined price that has to be met or exceeded in order for the property to sell. And I'm gonna tee up Mario in a second to talk about opening bids and that gets a little bit to the heart of how we execute without reserve auctions. Um, auctions with reserve, there is a published price. Typically it's published um, from time to time, it may be unpublished for some reason or another, but the, the price is already identified that has to be met or exceeded in order for the property to sell. So that's a reserve auction. Um, regardless of the format, all of our auctions are contingency free, meaning that there is no inspection or mortgage period after the auction. So buyers need to do any diligence up front and again, get to know as much information about the property and the market so that they can feel confident in bidding at the auction. And an average closing for us is a 30 day closing. So being certain that you can get your financing together in order to accomplish that. Um, now, in some of Charlie's markets in Europe, it might take us longer than 30 days to close, but many of them we still close in 30 days. But depending on the country, there might be um, governmental regulations that make that a little bit longer. But most of our sellers are pleased with a, with a quick closing. Um, we do have the purchase contract already available ahead of time. Um, and so let's see, after the client's you're interested in, in buying, Marie, I'm gonna tee something up to you, this how to register, the three steps. So we have a purchase contract and all of the diligence materials available for buyers to see as they're preparing to bid at the auction. So you can download the purchase agreement that's gonna be used in the contract. There might be an inspection, there might be um, survey, floor plans, HOA docs, et cetera, for you to review. And then once you review all of that and you've seen the property, how do you register, Marie? What are the three steps? 
we've got bidder uh, terms and conditions. So this is a, a legal document that, that has to be executed. There's actually two of them. There's the universal bidder registration, and then there's the more specific document that allows you to put in an opening bid and declare your agent if you are using one. The second step is to provide us with a financial statements indicating that you are in fact able to um, purchase the, the property with cash or required financing that's already been prepared. And then the third step is we, we require a $100,000 refundable deposit. So that deposit's wired into an escrow account that is part of the vetting process to confirm the capability of the bidders. And then after you complete those three steps, you would be registered and our team has to actually go into our technology system and um, confirm you as being able to see the registered bid button uh, or bid button actually when the auction's open. Um, and so bearing in mind also as part of the terms and conditions, there is information about our buyer premium, which is how we at Concierge Auctions earn our fee. It's a fee that's paid by the buyer on top of their high bid. And then lastly on this slide is the fact that agent commissions are protected pursuant to the listing agreement. So if the property had previously been listed before coming to auction, then the listing agreement that was in place survives and seller typically pays um, buyer and buyer's agent and seller's agent in accordance with the listing agreement. Um, and if the property had not been listed for sale, then we um, speak with the seller about engaging a listing agent and going into the listing agreement. Those are the basics. And then we already actually talked about doing your diligence in advance to make sure you go and see the property. Mario, you help to oversee the project sales managers. So they're on site. Mm -hmm. Yes. They help yes. with a show any day, any time. They have no days off. <laughs> they're available at any time to do showings. Typically, we schedule the open houses typically one to four. However, some of the auctions that we do are uh, by appointment only. And obviously, if you want to look at the property outside of those hours of one to four, we're welcome to accommodate that. Um, if it's an owner-occupied property, we may need to work around that. And if it's not, it's a lot easier. Certainly, we've had a lot of interested parties that also want to come back to see it at twilight or see it in the morning. And our project sales managers are on site. This is what they're focused on is this, this one property they're selling. They're available to you or your clients um, to come look at the property at any time that is convenient. And definitely, we're available that entire cycle of the marketing period of four to six weeks uh, can come look at it at any time. We love and appreciate our project sales managers. They work very hard when they go on an assignment. They're typically there for four to six weeks, sometimes even longer in that market. And they are the auction expert to help educate you about the property. And they work hand in hand every day with the listing agent, who again is the market expert and the expert on the property. So um, we have that little team going in every local market that we're doing business. So shout and out. No, of days off. no days off. <laughs> Which again, shout out of thanks to our project sales manager for keeping <laughs> the wheels turning every day. Let's keep going. You've done your diligence in advance. And then lastly, developing an auction strategy. A couple of things that go into this bucket are, you know, are you starting your bidding with an opening bid? And once you open your bidding, are you bidding 
early in the session, you know, when if the bidding's open for three days, which actually is customary in our auctions on average, they're open for 72 hours. Or are you waiting until, are you that bidder that waits until the last 10 seconds to place your bid? So our team um, is able to educate you about different strategies and, and what you might want to, to use to best benefit you. There could be instances where you might know that there's a lot of competition and so you want to throw in a bid that's even higher than the asking increment. That's another tactic that can be used. But one that is always discussed in without reserve auctions in particular is the opening bid incentive and how to best use the OBI as a tactic for you to position yourself to not only win the property, but also to get a little bit of credit and discount on your final price. So Mario, you tell us a little bit more about the OBI. Yeah, I mean, you touched on it earlier, right? There's a buyer's premium that's due on top of your high bid amount. All auctions, whether it's fine art, antiques, automobile auctions, there's always a buyer's premium. In our case, the buyer's premium is 12%. And with some of the properties that we sell, that could be a pretty good price tag. And what we put in as an opening bid incentive, it's a great way for you to save some money on that amount. And I think we have a few slides that we'll show with some examples of this. But in my opinion, I actually think that if you, you've made your decision, you've taken all the steps that Laura mentioned earlier, you've made a decision, this is the right lifestyle, the right property, the right location for me, I'm going to bid on this property. This is the most important step that you can take to position yourself to win the property. After all, you're competing with other people and the best opening bid incentive is usually the person that is in the best position to win because you have a credit and you'll see that later and how much money you'll be willing to save or going to save on your buyer's premium, which could mean the difference between you bidding another one or two or three more times. And that could be the difference of you actually winning the property. So this is a step that as a bidder, or as an agent, you've got to pay a lot of close attention to and not look at it as, I just want to get a little bit of a savings, but I don't want to outbid myself. No, I think the strategy is, how do I come in strong to put myself in the best position to win this property? So we have a few examples, three examples with a $6 million high bid. This one, scenario A, is um, <clears throat> there's a 6% opening bid incentive, but clearly this, this bidder did not listen to my advice and they put in no opening bid. And at the end, the high bid was $6 million and they had to pay an additional $720,000. So total option price for them is $6,720,000. I think we have another scenario where we can show when they do listen to me and what a difference that can make, right? Same scenario, $6 million high bid. They went ahead and took, took part in doing a $4 million opening bid so they were able to save two hundred and forty thousand dollars so so it, you know that's a big savings and like i stated earlier the difference between one or two bids two hundred forty thousand dollars at the end of an auction could be sometimes the increments go down to ten twenty five fifty thousand dollars so that could be a lot of more bids that you can have in your pocket so that you can outbid your competitor and then i think we have one more scenario right yeah so this person took my advice, they came in with a really strong opening bid, $6 million, so the savings is $360,000 of the buyer premium, but their total spend is 6.360, instead of a comparison, um, you know, before was was quite a bit higher. So six, seven, it, was, it would have been 6,720, right? 6,720, correct. So $360,000 credit, again, 
you know, if the bid increments are down to a hundred thousand or fifty thousand or twenty-five thousand, that's a that's a lot of additional bids that a bidder can have to be able to outbid whoever they're competing with. So it's it's a very important step once you've made the decision to bid on a property. The opening bid incentive is a great tool to position yourself to win. And Charlie, how does the opening bid incentive help sellers with their intel? It's just worth highlighting on that one too that that you've got you're talking about a six percent OBI there, and I know they move around a little bit and depends how they are. Some of those European sales that we've got at the moment, it's a twelve percent opening bid incentive. So in scenario C, as indicated there, your high bid is six million. I'm going to turn that into euros. Six million euros. That's the auction price. Six million euros. You've saved yourself the buyer premium entirely. And for a seller. For so long with so many of these things, especially in these European markets where there's no uh, statistical information as in Zillow and, and, and these type of you know, MLS systems, when the agents come in and they give them a valuation, the valuation is really, it's an educated one, but it's a guess. It's an educated guess. I think the property is worth this. This is what I as an agent can see somebody paying for this property. So you launch your property at that price. But, but you don't know until somebody comes along and gives you an offer. So if I put my property on at a million dollars and the first person that came through the door said, great, I'll give you a million dollars. I'm not entirely sure I'd be very happy with that. But conversely, I don't want to have 30 people through the door and I don't get anywhere. Then I've either originally I've underpriced it in that scenario, I've overpriced it. And of course, for a seller, you're, you're in the dark. You really are in the dark. So with an opening bid incentive, it gives you the irrevocable bid. That's the way in auction parlance we could look at it, the opening bid incentive. It's an irrevocable bid. There is a hard bid on the table that tells you the price. And I think I've read something that Murray once wrote, you know, six weeks out when we start an auction cycle and the sellers say, well, what, what, what do you think it's going to sell for? What do you think it's worth? Again, at that point, six weeks away, we, we don't know. But I think your words were, Murray, 48 hours before the auction, I'll have a really good idea. And, and, and it's that opening bid incentive that delivers that because you've got irrevocable bids. You know the field in front of you. And remember, if you don't like the field in front of you, you don't know how it looks, then, then, then there's, there's, there's ways to, to, to address that. So it, it's really important for both buyers and sellers to get a bit of um, clarity for the seller. It, it, the clarity is there, it's all in front of you what those irrevocable bids are. For the buyer, and I had this conversation with people, don't leave anything on the table, right? Don't leave anything on the table. You think you're going to pay six million? Why would you give me an opening bid of four million? Because if I told you it sold at six and you were prepared to pay that and you didn't win because you didn't take advantage of the full discount, you'd kick yourself. So don't leave anything on the table. Let's have your bid of six million because it makes complete sense for you to do it. So Mark and Murray, with the property that sold Calavista, you had a good number of opening bids. It looks like almost all of your bidders registered with an opener. I don't, we don't need to give too much detail, but I think there was only one who didn't. So with a really strong lineup and having opening bids in place, your seller had good, you know, good amount of intel about um, kind of activity that was already, the auction had already basically started before it even opened. Yeah, I mean, like I, describe this as kind of a, a textbook situation. I don't want to claim to be smarter than I am, but I gave them an opening bid range of 3.25 million to six and a half million. 
uh, with the exception of one bidder, uh, everybody landed uh, between three and a half and 6.2. And there was a progression from three and a half to four to five to six to 6.2. So it was it was about as good as you could get. And, and you know, having that conversation with the seller and the decision to proceed, you know, was much simpler because we presented exactly what we said we would. I think that the critical thing for both a lot of agents out there is they need to understand the process and the added value of the auction. If you don't know about it, you're a little reluctant to it. And the nice thing about concierge is the commissions are always protected. That's great because they're going to bring in a very valid buyer. They're protected from that. But the other component is also educating them on the incentive. So to understand the value, if your client really wants it, like Charlie said, you know, and I was telling most of my guys that were in, interested in this property, if you're going to spend 10 million, put an opening bid of eight, just kind of like Charlie said, you know, if, you, if this is where you're prepared to go, save yourself the money and so that it positions you strong in the process so that you, you know, you get what you want. So I, I uh, the opening incentive is, is a real critical component for um, the buyers when they're coming in, they just need to understand it. And educating the, the agents out there, uh, again, the overall process, um, I love the process. I've loved it for seven, eight years, nine years that I've been involved. So, because it's a super media, so another source of selling and helping our clients. You know, net, net in the end, we're there to add a service, a value added, a luxury service that nobody else does, and we knock it out of the park for our clients. That is the ultimate goal that we need to do as agents. And then the last stage going, going, gone, the actual auction itself. So I'm just gonna to touch on this slide, the fact that today, the majority of our auctions, well actually in the current pandemic, every auction is taking place via our digital app. Um, which can be found either on our website or on your mobile device. Um, we do have some auctions from time to time that are in person with a live auctioneer, but many of our buyers appreciate the ability to bid through the digital application because they can bid at any time from anywhere in the world. And it's very transparent in that when you're in the bidding software, you can see every bid that's been placed and the, a paddle number that's associated with the bidder that placed that bid. So it's easy to tell how much traction there is from other bidders in the auction. And if you're the high bidder, then you know that you just only paid one bid above the next highest person. Um, whereas a live auction in a room can certainly be a lot of fun, but it can be difficult to ascertain you know, who's actually bidding and things can move really quickly. So um, those are just some differences in digital bidding versus live bidding. Um, even in our digital application, you can you can bid purely on your own. Um, we had a bidder the other day who was with their children and out of the house and was placing bids kind of in extra time that he could step away. Um, so you can do that or you can be static somewhere. You can be on the phone with one of our representatives if you'd like someone to guide you through that process. Um, we also have multilingual representatives on our team. So if you are in one of these international locations that you or your client would like some assistance in your native language, we can help to accomplish that. 
So bidding process is easy. If you're listening and you've not watched or participated in one of our auctions, I urge you to go on our website. You can see at any given time a bar that's at the top of the website that rotates amongst the auctions that are currently open. And you can click in and like this picture here, you can see the countdown clock, you can see all of the bids. You will not be able to accidentally bid. So don't worry about placing your bid on the chateau if you weren't prepared to do that. But if you're registered and fully vetted, then you will see a bid button there that our team has activated for you. Um, so that's how to participate. And with that said, we are concluding like right on the dot of the hour. Um, we do have two questions that have come in that I wasn't able to inject. Some others we were able to kind of get to while we were in conversation. Um, but I thought that I touch on these. We understand if, if anyone on the line needs to leave, if you've only had this hour slotted, but we'll take maybe another couple minutes to, to speak towards these. Um, one of them is fairly straightforward, is the re refundable deposit, meaning the bidder deposit, subject to interest to be paid to that bidder. So it's not, the bidder deposits are returned within the ne typically the next business day after the auction if you're not the winning bidder. So there's not, it's not an interest bearing account for those. And then the other question with 50 or 100 viewings, in my view, you should get higher results at auction, but how do you know how much the auction price will be? So you should get higher results if we're getting that much traction versus a typical listing that might only get 10 or 20 showings over the course of a year, for example. Does anyone want to speak up about that? It's a very good question, and, and perhaps it's also related too about when we were talking about taking a pre-auction offer the night or the day before the auction comes. Our business is, 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 is to auction real estate, and it's quite right that if you get that amount of traction and interest, then, then you're going to have a better result than you are having one person come through the door with private treaty. It's, it's not genius for us or, or, or a fault with private treaty. That's just a, a fact because you have the competition set up. In the build-up, and Mario alluded to this a little bit, that with our PSM on the ground, they are absolutely on the ground 24 seven. And you know what, people reveal themselves and they tell us what their passion is about, why they're interested in the piece of real estate, what their motivators are, what their drivers are, why they've given us the opening bid at this level. We learn a lot about the process. So we can't be sure, of course, of where the auction is gonna end up. And we have seen auctions really fly sometimes right we remember the one that we had we had a, a a russian and an american buyer both interested in the beautiful beach house in marbella a couple of years ago and i guess it sort of got between the competition that they just wouldn't let each other go and it, you know we have a happy winning bidder of course and he paid market price because that's what he was prepared to pay for it at that time and and we stand whether we get bids Goodness knows how many bid increments we had in that sale, but there must have been 30, 40, I don't know, I would have thought a lot of bid increments to get to that final hammer price. But I know even if we have less, we've got four or five registered buyers. They're bona fide buyers, right? We've done all the due diligence, they've put their deposit on with us. So we know we're dealing with qualified bona fide people. So, so when the hammer comes down, we know that's gonna be market price, but we get a good steer of that before it starts because, because of the opening bid incentive, and where we sit leading up to that point. So perhaps there was a little, it would be extraordinary if we were to talk to a seller and suggest that they should take it at a pre-auction bid a week into the process. You know, that's that's not enough information learned. Information is all 
powerful and we establish a lot in our six-week process, courtesy of our hardworking PSMs usually. Good point, Sterling. Well, that is the close of our session for the day. We hope that everybody who joined was able to learn a little something and certainly to see some beautiful properties as well. And Mark, we really appreciate your time. We know your time's valuable and thank you for being here and for, again, your partnership. Thanks for having me. Anyone who's on the line can certainly find all of us also on our website, reach out to us if you'd like, um, and or reach out to the project sales manager who's on the property page that is of interest. And we sure look forward to hopefully you buying some of these properties or representing buyers, or if not, working with you in some capacity.